Without Context. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Without Context podcast. I am, of course, Decavolti, joined by Sharky Hat, as usual. Uh, today's guest is Marissa. I'm going to give the Sharky to introduce her, because we're learning together, audience. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is my friend uh, Marissa Bell. She is an actress. Uh, we've known each other for a while, and I just wanted to bring her on and have her talk to us, you know, about uh, the acting life. And it's not to disparage uh, Marissa here, but it hasn't. I don't think, according to the IMDb, I don't know how recent it is for you, but it's mostly been background roles. It has seemed. Yeah. So IMDb is sort of tricky. It, so you sort of have to do it yourself as a performer, and I'm not very technical person so i don't really know how to update it so it's kind of old <laughs> yeah uh the biggest thing um that i knew you did back when we started to, when i found out you were an actress and everything was uh 13 reasons why on netflix and i actually saw you in on screen <laughs> in several scenes and i was like it was that leonardo dicaprio meme of pointing at the tv i was like that's my friend i know her it's so funny yeah that was a long time ago we to, I did that show for like four seasons. Um, the latest sort of project that I'm really excited about, it's coming out in theaters everywhere on Thanksgiving Day, um, Steven Spielberg's The Fableman. I actually, I stood in for that. So I was a stand-in, which is sort of behind the scenes. But, and for everyone who doesn't know what a stand-in is, it's sort of like they hire actors who sort of resemble like their lead characters to stand there while they like, like the scene and get the camera angles they want and you'll do like the actions and sometimes the dialogue of the actors so that they can see what the shot looks like before they bring out the actors but i worked on that for like five-ish months super excited about it is that uh does that differentiate from like an understudy and yeah, it's, so an, an understudy is more like theater. So that's like when your lead character is out, you go on for them. You can't do that in like a movie setting because obviously like they know, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah, like halfway through the movie, it can't be a completely different actor. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's it worked a for dairy... It worked for Doctor Who. It does. They've actually made that the whole purpose of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, so I, I see it, you're kind of the... The test subject for like a scene it's like here's how the lighting is here's what's going to look like on camera and then they can make whatever adjustments uh they need to make that's a that's a it's like when we we're talking i can't remember what we we're talking about i think it was the vtuber episode deco it's like hey we're already learning something today yeah. about all of this so it, se it, it seems to have some pair some like some like if there's a venn diagram it seems to have like some some things in common like there's there's some middle ground between like what you're doing and like describing like modeling. Almost. I don't really know anything about the modeling world. No. Uh, well, I mostly mean like you know, you're in a shot. You have to make sure you have the shot right. Uh, oh, yeah. And then you show it to before you show it to other people. Yeah, I, there's like so many different roles that you don't even think of. So like, there's of course the actors and then a stand-in, but then you can also have a body double which I've never done like body double work, but like we did use a body double in the Fablemans. There's a scene where like the mom character is playing the piano. So like you would have a body double who can play the piano and you just like the um, camera like angles in on only her hands. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a, a kind of a far cry from, I guess, the older 
like the fifties and like the forties and fifties, most of those actors had to know a lot of stuff. You had to know how to dance. You had to have like another talent besides just acting. Cause they only ever did, you know, one person was doing everything. And that's nowadays it's like, Oh, we just need somebody who looks like them from behind, or we just need somebody who's close enough to do like close up shots of hands or other, you know, features and stuff like that. I mentioned stunt doubles yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and stunt, oh, yeah. stunt doubles or the whole industry of that is like, hey, you look vaguely like this guy, but uh, we're going to put you in a little bit of danger because that's what uh, your job is. So I have to ask before we go any further and we have to like cut this because you broke an NDA. <laughs> You're not breaking an NDA by saying any of that stuff, right? No. no, no we just got, making sure. Yeah, so I don't think we've gotten into any like details or anything. It's just kind of... Yeah, uh, just making sure i i was i was thinking about that last night i'm laying in bed i'm like we're gonna have marissa on the podcast tomorrow and i'm like i have to like talk to her agent or something about this it's like they're like don't we have to like pay her for like appearance or something i don't have an agent so everything i book i book myself right now oh you are self-produced yes currently impressive so getting so getting into that um i know kind of like a vague history of you uh i know you did uh you did cheerleading or you did dancing um yeah. that was all before you know pursuing the acting career yeah i mean shoot that was like <laughs> a long time ago uh i did like you can see in my wall i did a little bit of ballet and a little bit of cheer but mainly like you know you always want to have other skills other than acting and yeah. singing is not my thing i cannot sing so i went the dancing route <laughs> yeah and uh i think it transitioned well because i think and there are two reasons why you did play like one of the cheerleaders at a in a scene and as well because of the you know history that you have with it yeah so that was like that's the good thing about having like a cheer or dance background is i mean i look fairly young i'm 27 um but i always fairly really young <laughs> yeah I always play high school roles. So in high school, you have cheerleaders. So that's like guaranteed work if you have that experience and can book like a high school cheerleader role. So yeah, that's something you is that something you put on your CV? Like I used to be in the especially if you're like an, an going into an acting gig. Is that something you put on your CV specifically? Like, hey, I used to do this, this, this and this, uh, you know, it's like working the old muscles again. Yeah, so we have like of course, for like our headshot and resume. And so on our resume, there's a section for you have to label it special skills. And that would be included in there. Okay. Nice. Like a normal, job, like a normal job resume, just into a more fascinating <laughs> a, field of yeah, before. Very different format. <laughs> it's funny uh, mentioning as well, the, uh, you know, having the gift of eternal youth. Uh, I saw like some of the other histories were like college student in like the TV series about like Dahmer or something like one of the it was an old series. It was like something. It was like a murder TV series, and it was like college student, college student. <laughs> I did a on the Reels channel. It's um a series called Murder Made Me Famous. I did this in Texas. That's where I like studied acting. Was in Texas. Um, the Texas boy right here with that. <laughs> nice. It was on Ted Bundy, and then I did another one for Natalie Holloway. That's <laughs> And uh, you don't get me wrong. I'm glad you got the gig. Just murder, murder <laughs> well, documentaries. Make, give me the gig. Our actor who played Ted Bundy, like looked eerily similar. It was like very off putting. 
it's guaranteed murder, work. Murder, murder, <laughs> docu- murder documentaries and like like Netflix shows like based on murders give me the ick. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely like a weird uh, resurgence of like the true crime stuff, and it yeah. it is like kind of like a weird feeling because you're like, God, it's really good, and I'm glad it's like showing you know everything that happened and like the true story but god can people stop thirsting over this for real for real and it's a weird headspace to ask like an actor to put themselves in Uh yeah like uh so i've done like work too and i did like play a character who had like unfortunate things happen to her and it's it took me like hours just to get out of like that mindset. It's, it's like so almost traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can imagine that getting into that, his especially like an actor, it's like, Hey, we want you to play this character, but it's a murderer. And it's like, here's what he did. And you have to be like, cool. I'm going to portray that. You know, I have to portray this horrific things that sometimes they do kind of, you know, smooth over. For the sake of a general audience but it's like you're still having to get into that mindset of like man i'm showing them what this guy did like it's just kind of i can't imagine what that headspace has to be like or at least the mental fortitude that you have to have to know like this is just mm-hmm. a job i'm gonna go in i'm gonna do it and i'm just gonna drop it when i leave and go back home like yeah I- <laughs> uh, so i have uh a little bit of some not i'm not gonna say expertise when we have a little actress here but I have I have some knowledge in this actually because this ties into one of the things I do a lot is role playing, um, and it's it's it hits a similar vein when you do like a very intense scene in role play where you have it's like you're not literally acting it but you're still saying hey I'm doing this I'm doing this and you know you're portraying a character in a scene, and so uh, uh, some of the aspects that come along with it as you probably know are like some character bleed where like. Some of the things that your character did, like, kind of seep into you and you're like, suddenly you find yourself, oh, hey, I'm kind of able to do that, actually. Or vice versa, where it's like you're you're putting yourself into the character. So one of my favorite things to do is, like, go to Renaissance fairs. And I feel like that's sort of, like, very similar. Yep. Yeah. And, like, everyone, like, they wouldn't consider themselves really actors. But I'm like, no, you are like that is acting. There's um, there's different levels. It's like you have it's like just because you're not on like a big Hollywood, you know, screen or something like if you're still in a community, like a small community, you're doing like a community project, like you're still an actor. You know, you can be like if you wanted to try to take the next step, you're like, hey, I helped on these years, you know, doing this. This is the experience that I have. I mean, same thing with theater, like a lot of kids in high school, they go to the drama club and it's like. I'm gonna. I love this. I'm gonna try to apply for you know a, a theater school somewhere for university and go to it. And it's like just that. It's a stepping stone. It's not like a you're hard yeah. stuck in that position. Or you do the other way around, like Critical Role, where they were voice actors first and then they went to D and D. Yeah. Voice acting is actually way harder to get into than like what I do, normal acting, mm-hmm. because voice actors have such a like a divide, like a diverse range they can be like completely different characters. Meanwhile, I, I sort of market myself as like one thing or maybe like this other thing, but they could be like anything. And so like oftentimes they reuse those same actors that they know are reliable and they can trust. So it's a much harder industry to break into. 
Yeah, we have like the uh, in terms of voice actors from like video games and like live streams for D and D, like stuff that me and Jeremy here watch. There's like the list of like the top five, and it's like the only ones you ever see in something. Yeah. It's like, hey, he could be recording Matthew voices. Versa, Travis Willingham, Liam no- O'Brien, Nolan North. It's like, yeah, you're just like, hey, this guy is voicing this character in this game, but this game's also coming out at the same time, which means he was doing both of these roles at one time, like going to pretty and close from to each him. other. And I'm like, can you just hire somebody else? Like, why does this one guy have to do it all? It's work too. Yeah, it's still uh, work. I, so. I have, I have a, a related question. We were talking about like some of the not so great scenes that you've had to film as an actress, uh, just in content, not necessarily in like poor working conditions. Um, so I have a question of because this is something I uh, talk about a lot when I uh, do role playing. Um, what do what steps do you take after this after the role is complete to decompress from that situation? So what sort of helps me is I sort of like I like almost hide away. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't know. Everyone has a different process. What works for me is I just like take my own time, like personal time, to sort of decompress, and then like I'll maybe talk to like one or two like friends just to like talk to people, but. Most of the time, it's just like me, like watching TikTok. Yeah, or like... no, for sure. <laughs> I, I've heard of I've heard of different people do things like uh, they'll like journal it out, or um, uh, what I do is very similar to you. Is I'll just move away from everybody. I'll jump into like a voice chat with like two or three of my friends and just kind of yeah. talk about it, process it in my own head, being like that wasn't me, that was the character. Right. Yeah. It's a very important distinction to have to make sometimes. Yeah, I do that exact same thing. Usually it's like my mom, though. I call my mom for everything. And uh, it's like that seems like it's also kind of a rare thing, because I know when you are on shoots, like you're all you're busy all the time. Like it's even hard, like even I know it's like when I'm going through my Instagram, I usually see like one or two of your pictures like a time and then it's like you're gone for like weeks on end. And uh yeah. It's just like really bad at social media, though. That's fair. Like, I, can, I can also imagine, like, at the end of it all, at the end of however long you've been shooting, I think you said five months earlier this episode. It's just like, you know what? I'm done. I don't exist for a few days. I'm just going to disappear from the world and just kind of reset myself. Yeah. I, I've i had particularly, like, rough sessions of, like, D&D um, where, you know, we've, we're just, like, this very big emotional scene and then you don't care for me from like a for like a week after that because I am I am asleep I am under my blanket. Do not talk to me. Or sometimes, I am not okay. Yeah, or like filming for so long because it's so much time of your like life sort of being devoted to this film. Sometimes like either I'll hide away or like I'll want to go out constantly and do things and play catch up for everything I missed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how's that like cutting in? Because I know also last time we talked, just, you know, catching up and everything, uh, you mentioned a like restaurant venture. So I can imagine like this balance of now, like I'm away all the time, you know, shooting these scenes. And I'm also trying to, you know, do this. Mm -hmm. So um, I helped my dad and like family. We started a family owned restaurant in Northern California because I'm in LA, but it's like more North. So that has been... A completely like different world. I knew nothing about like business and LLCs. Mm-hmm. I learned all of it myself, just like YouTubing and Googling things. 
So that was really interesting. I'm like, dang, I wish I would have taken a business class in college, <laughs> but I went to a performing arts college, so they didn't even offer that. But say <laughs> probably not. Yeah, yeah. I think that was well, one of our conversations. You're like, I don't know what half of these forms are. <laughs> yeah, but I learned we did it. It's open. It's going pretty well. People are super excited about it. Vegan options coming soon. I'm vegan. Um, what's what's the restaurant? Um, it's feel a pizza. Free, pizza. I was gonna say, feel free to plug yourself right now if there's any <laughs> Californians. Frankie's Pizza Old Sack. So I think on Instagram we're at Frankie's Pizza Old Sack. That's mm-hmm. our like username we'll put that in the description yeah i put everything uh in the description after the video so i just didn't want to be like here's the restaurant and then it's just like oh all these people are now coming in it's like oh no we've overwhelmed them <laughs> yes because um, our podcast is yes for the, for the 15 views our episode usually <laughs> it's been like a little historic downtown center and there's been like rarely nothing new so the building that we got hasn't been used in years, but they like really believed in the pitch that was given to them. And so they leased us the building and it's going pretty well. That's it's exciting. That's awesome. Like so crazy at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can imagine I've having worked in restaurants, like either as like a dishwasher or a busboy, I can imagine like how busy uh, that gets. I can't imagine, but I was also like a part of like a big chain, like a company. So they had like the full, like, the full like structure of employees and everything. Yours is more of a family owned venture. Yeah, we have less than twenty employees. Yeah, I I I worked retail for thirteen years. Um, <laughs> I'm only just starting a new job. Uh, uh, it's factory work. It's manufacturing. Um, so it's 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 different from working retail, but it's still not in the realm of like I could. I don't think I could ever do food service. Um, because it's just a lot of moving parts. I say that fully working in a factory, that it's a lot of moving parts. I mean, I think my first job ever, so I was weird. I got like two jobs at the same time for my first job. So technically, I don't know which one came first, but one of my first jobs was at Dairy Queen. Um, we a, had a, a very little basic, bit of, Very basic first job. Like, yeah. Very, very <laughs> Texas of you. <laughs> Actually in Ohio, I've like lived everywhere. <laughs> Um, but we had food and it was just so gross. I don't know. I I don't like working with food. I don't, uh, I don't eat Dairy Queen food. I eat Dairy Queen ice cream. (laughs) Yes, correct. Ice cream was really good. I can't have it anymore. But before I went vegan, it was really good. Their blizzards are fun. They're actually really fun to make. If I ever like, well, I probably wouldn't go back, but. (laughs) Were you you one of the Dairy Queens that like flipped it over to make sure to like to do the thing i think you're um, legally um, ha- i think you're legally obligated you are so. not legally <laughs> obligated i go to dairy queens where they don't do it oh some of them are like they're like franchise know. right yeah, yeah. so like my the one i worked at the owner wasn't part of the chain he just like owned this one store mm-hmm. so i know some are like different because of that yeah, yeah. and um i mean i don't like talking about like money and everything but like you have this acting job where it takes you know a bunch of time out of your life whenever you have to do shooting and everything i mean is that like your main income now or is it is it more of like you've just saved up from all these past jobs you've had and you're just kind of is it let me reward that because that let me reward that because that sounded like an awful question Um, oh sorry i'm just 
Now you're good. Because I can imagine like the acting job does take a lot of time out of your life. And it, I can imagine that when you're gone for five months at a time, it is very hard to, you know, hold down a job and everything. And I want to, I guess I want to say, has it been like challenging to kind of balance that? Because I was expecting like as an extra for the most part, maybe even as a stand in, you're probably not being paid, you know, like an act, a big actor, like salary or during, during the shoot. So. Yeah. So you're not paid like, of course, like what a lead is paid. Yeah. Um, I think on the first, I don't really know actually, because I've never like been a lead on like a, like a big series or film. I've done like independent films, but that's like completely different. Yeah. Um, so there's non-union work and then there's union work. So I'm SAG-AFTRA, so I'm part of the union. We have like fees, not fees, but like a pay rate that Jeez. productions have to pay us to like have a livable wage. So I think we do get paid pretty well. Like as a stand-in, you'll get paid $209 per eight hours of work. And then like after eight hours, you go into overtime. After 10 hours, you go into double time. And then... There's like this golden time you can hit, which I've hit golden time twice. And when you hit golden time, I can't, it might be like 16 hours, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, once you hit that, they have to pay you a whole other day salary on top of that day salary. So it's nice. pretty nice. That's uh, like when it's like crunch time. You're like, we have to get this like finished. It's done today. Yeah. But they try so hard to get us out of there, but we're like, no, it's okay. Take your time. Yeah. And I guess where that question comes from is you always hear of like the struggling actor, the struggling actress and everything. And it's like, that's probably because, you know, they're not union. They don't have that, you know, pay rate. They're people who are just trying to get that first, like big break, that big paycheck from like the first thing. And like, when you talk about how long it takes to shoot stuff and all that, I can only imagine like, man, the pay has to be like livable, you know, it can't like, you can't have these people living in LA or something like that, not making enough to, you know, afford the rent out there to afford the gas. Really out there. expensive out there. It's very expensive out there. So. It is very expensive, but it's also very doable. If you do it right. I see people who are, who are like, Oh, I got a studio apartment for $1,400. I'm like, I pay less than $800 for rent personally. And I have like a four bedroom house, but I have roommates. Yeah. So like to have an affordable place, you need roommate. That's yeah. what I recommend. But like, if I were to live on my own, like that's a lot of money. Living alone in this economy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want to, I, I want to ask, um, and you don't have, don't, you don't have to name anybody. You don't have to say any, any names. <laughs> Uh, do do your roommates also are are they also in the acting? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So at the house. Yes. So we have like seeing, modeling, singing, and dancing. We mm -hmm. hit like out of the four of us, we hit everything. <laughs> cool. Nice. I, we, you always hear about like the gamer house. It's like that's <laughs> the actor house. There it is. It's like I think it's like I'm glad that you are you know finding enough work and everything to actually you know live comfortably even if you're living with roommates and all that it's it, it's always good to know that people can pursue what they want to pursue and not feel like almost they're being punished for it because it's like something they have to keep crunching for and budgeting for and you know all I stuff because i guess that kind of sucks the life out of like what you love doing you're like if i don't go and get this today you know i'm gonna have a hard time figuring out what to do this month and it's like so i'm happy that you're actually able to pursue this you know line of work and everything at least uh to a very moderate degree you know yeah i think the 
sort of the struggle that comes with acting. It's not so much. Some people do like struggle with the money and I won't lie. Sometimes it is like very paycheck to paycheck just because also it can take them weeks to send their paychecks. Like oh, that sucks. <laughs> crazy amount of time. Um, but sort of the struggle on my end, at least personally is knowing what, cause some people, you know, they have their whole lives they're working a nine to five that they don't particularly enjoy, but that's <laughs> what they're doing. And it takes a while to find like what you're really passionate about. But like, for me, I've known since like, I was in third grade that I've always wanted to do acting. But the problem is, so like when I'm doing a stand in work or like an extra in a show or like an independent film, that's not really being shown like on the big screen, not being able to do that, to do what I want to do, what I know I want to do is really like almost like a hollow feeling. I don't know how to explain it. So that's sort of like the struggle yeah. on my end. <laughs> Let's uh, I think uh, what you say, Deca. So let's say, I think on my end, like I said, I'm working a manufacturing job. I'm just using the expertise that I had working uh, in a backroom situation for 13 years at Walmart. Um, and I think all of that for me is busy work. Uh, and yeah. then when I get home, all I want to do is DM, DM my friends, uh, you know, play D&D &D with my friends or uh, take pictures with people. I, I'm a photographer. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I do photography. I, I, you know, tell stories with my friends. Um, and really those are the two big things that if I could, if I could monetize those well enough, I'd be, I'd be doing that. I mean, I love, you know, the video creation, which is why we have this podcast. Cause I went to yes. you and a few other friends. And I was like, do you guys want to start a podcast? <laughs> it's like the whose line, like, is, yeah. it's like the whose line is it anyway. It's like words that will start a fight. Hey, do you guys want to start a fight? <laughs> just <laughs> like straight up, just asking the question, you know? Um, yeah. I want to do, I want to pivot from, you know, the logistics. We've probably spent about a half hour talking about the logistics of being an actress. Uh, what was, what did you see that made you decide I want to be in movies? You know, I want to be on TV. Like, was it a show? Was it a movie? Was it just like a scene you saw? Can you remember? That was long, yeah. too long ago. <laughs> Actually, I do remember quite well, but it started, it all started in like stage work. I was in third grade and my third grade, like my main teacher in third grade did theater. And so instead of, I think it was for like an English assignment. I don't remember what they call it in like third grade. I'm sure it wasn't like English. I don't know what it was called. Language arts. Language arts. There you go. Um, we, had to read, <laughs> <laughs> we had to read Charlotte's web, but instead of reading Charlotte's web, she made us like audition for characters and put on a performance. I auditioned for Fern, the like main girl, and I got cast as Wilbur the pig. And I remember being so upset that I got cast as Wilbur because I wanted to be the lead character and I didn't realize Wilbur was the lead character. <laughs> so that's sort of how like my love for acting started. And then I pursued it relentlessly all throughout high school. I did eight shows a year in high school. I don't know how I did that, but I did it. Um, and like my high school was big on theater my director was like uh, the state director for like the thespian society nice which is like this society of actors um so we went to like international festivals national festivals and everything and like performed and so that carried over to college but being doing stage for so long i kind of 
lost my love for it. It was just very, stage is so different than film. Cause on film, you know, cut, you can do multiple takes on stage. It's, you got one shot, you gotta do it right. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of felt, yeah, I fell out of stage a little bit. Um, and also it's just like, there's some behind the scenes stuff that didn't really mesh with my personality. I'm very like more laid back and sort of quiet sometimes. And stage, a lot of stage actors are very like loud. Fantastic, yes. It's the, 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 that, the that stereotype. Which it's, isn't it's, bad at all. Like, I wish, sometimes I wish I could be like that, but I'm always like, eh, I don't know. It's the stereotype about the theater kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that used to be me, but. Yeah. So, uh, so, I've done stage work before. So, yes, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yes. when you say uh, eight shows a year, that's uh, eight, you know, stage shows at your school uh, per year, or was that other uh work so our drama club had three shows but then our theater class our advanced it was called the advanced acting ensemble we did three shows in that so six shows total for the school but not the school our theater because our school actually didn't support the theater we were completely self-funded so we did everything ourselves we weren't affiliated affiliated with the school even though it's part of the school really weird i know stay with me sounds like school um, funding <laughs> yeah and then i did a ballet show with my ballet company and then i did our area show for ohio our central area show so eight total busy busy <laughs> yes i that's why my grades were not the best but that's okay i went into acting who needs good grades when they act but not did me. You, i don't need good but, grades i'm pretty but here's a did you graduate though i did then it all worked out <laughs> i i was in i have uh i was in the marching band uh my my high school was very big on marching band um uh -huh. and very similarly like i i had teachers who would straight up pass me because i was in the marching band they're like no 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 you're you're fine you just sit there and watch work because <laughs> I, would, I would be practicing like moves that i'm doing on on the when i perform um and uh i'm just sitting there and i'm like have a pretend horn like this and they'll see me doing that and they're like oh yeah you keep doing what you're doing you're fine <laughs> i passed spanish that way baby yeah. i felt spanish i don't know why i never picked it up i'm so good at memorizing a script mm -hmm. but like all the languages i've tried to learn my brain will not like i can't get it in there yeah i've uh most i went through three years of japanese in high school and it's like completely like oozed out in ear over the last like 10 years so. so but like i'm sure if i ever had a script where i had to learn another language i bet i would learn it i just can't learn unless it's like in a script yeah I don't know. <laughs> some i mean that's some people like uh, that's i guess that just comes down to like a learning style like people people at work ask me like a technical question i can't give it to them off the top of my head but like any documentation, anything, I could just be like, oh, here's what we have to do. It's like, I can't recall. I have to have something in front of me. Uh, right. Trust me. And when it came to learning, it was the same way. It was like, if you just give me like the book, I'll sit there, I'll read it. I'll make weird like connections between words and concepts. So when a test yeah. comes around, it's like, oh, okay, here's the acronym I made for that. But somebody's like, hey, uh, what's this? And I'd be sitting there like, I, I have no idea. Despite the fact I just studied it, you know? Right. So, um, I definitely, it definitely comes down to, I guess a certain type of person is, yeah. I'm not going to say more fit to be an actor or an actress, but definitely has 
a little more of like the mental edge to do it because like hey this is how i learn Lear looking at this like i can just memorize all of this and everything and you're mm -hmm. right about the uh stage play it's like you get one shot you know on those scenes you can't just be like oh, do over <laughs> do over line line and uh I can it's like as somebody who hates like speaking in front of a classroom in high school that terrifies me <laughs> to go on stage like, and be bro, like you're a DM now yeah and I'm still bad and I'm still bad at it but it's just like you go up on stage and you're like oh I have to remember this whole like scene <laughs> in front of these people <laughs> okay so I never liked public speaking either I would like literally like shake when I had to do public speaking hated it but getting on stage even though like you get so nervous before, but yeah. once you're on stage, it like I have to hold that. I don't know. You just do it. Yeah. Is that feeling I, I of understand like understand exactly what you mean? Yes, that feeling. That. Yeah, it's that feeling of like you know the lights are shining down. It kind of black out everybody in the audience. You can't really see like if people are staring, but you also have that feeling of you know, it's like you know my time. All eyes are on me. Like this is I'm just going to I'm going to nail it. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> um. I know, like, when we're talking about what you've done, uh, you've done the, uh, like, Murder Made Me Famous. You did 13 Reasons Why You're Doing uh, Fableman, which I didn't even ask, you know, what's that movie about? I haven't heard actually anything about that movie or any seen any trailers for it. Um, oh, my God. So I guess we'll answer this question, and then I'll go on to my original question, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> so, uh, The uh, Fableman. The Fablemans. Um, so it's sort of about Steven Spielberg's life. Um, but, I, but his characters are not named like necessarily after him or his family, but they are him and his family, but he made it a very like, it's a character at the same time, but okay. it is like completely based on his real life and how he sort of fell into directing. Definitely like watch a trailer. I, it's going to be such an amazing film. I'm so excited to see it. Um, he, it's so funny because when I first started working on the film, I didn't really know what he looked like. I don't know. I never Googled Steven Spielberg. You hear the name, but you don't always put a face to the name. Like he was on glasses, right? Yeah. I had no idea that he was Steven Spielberg when I first saw him just because <laughs> he's so casual. He is the most humble like man I've ever like met as a director you just would not expect it. He made it a priority to know everyone's name on set. And that's never happened on any set I worked on and it should happen more. Yeah. But he was just like the nicest person ever. And I love him. And I want to, I want to chime <laughs> in real quick because the plot of Fableman, it actually like, I was about to say that it's like, he's making the story about him and his family, but he's not yeah. owning that. It's him and his family. He's not making it about him. It's he's making it a, he's making it almost like a pastiche of a of his life, but it's like you're not playing me. You're playing this guy. It's just based on it, but it's like this movie's not going to be like about me. It's going to be about a guy who I'm just putting this history on. I feel like that probably comes with a sense of you know the being humble and everything. It's like I can make a yeah. big movie about me, but I'm not going to do that technically. Right. You know? I was gonna say I'm gonna go the other way with that. I think I think this is. That is where he puts his ego in that work so that he can be humble everywhere else. Well, this is why conversations are good, because we have two completely diametrically yeah. opposed viewpoints on that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that is that is uh, and like you were on the set, so you would know better than us. Yeah. But to me, that sounds like I this is my story. I'm putting it on these fictional characters, but this is 
spy story. Um, and he does that there. And then everywhere else is like, hi, I'm Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so I feel like, I mean, I can't, obviously I can't speak for the man. Yeah. Sure. Um, but like being on the set and just how he talked to the actors portraying like his family or the actor portraying him. He never was like, you have to do it this way. This is, you know, my, he never made it feel like this is my story. He on the set, he made it feel like this is our story. And we like got to be part of almost his life in that sort of way. I'm not really sure what they're labeling the film. I know like there's some like auto autobiography, whatever that word. Biographical. Yes, there's don't, some films like that, but I don't think this is necessarily one, but I'm not completely sure what it's, like, categorized as. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick little precursory look here. Google. There you go. <laughs> uh, the, on Wikipedia, it is described as a coming-of-age drama. So, oh. Well, there you go. It's very, yes, actually. <laughs> oh, Judd Hurst is on this. Oh, yeah. There's some... Big names. Yeah. The I'm next- Seth Paul uh, yeah, Paul Dino, Seth Rogan. Actually might mm-hmm. be a pretty good movie. So all of everyone. I mean, I can't like everyone literally on that set was so nice. It was such a dream compared to some other sets I've been on. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay, so that luckily I didn't answer my next question. Uh you've been on all these things, you know, Thirteen Reasons Why, which would be more of like a like teen drama slash crime story, kind of in the same vein as like the first few seasons of Riverdale were. were. And then you have, you know, Murder Made Me Famous and everything. Is there a genre that you want a role in at some point? Like, is there something that you would... Oh, that look! Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I know what it is. I just want to hear from her. (laughs) I love horror films, scary movies, everything. Like, that is what I want to do. I want... It sounds so like deranged almost, but I want to be the murderer. I want to be murdered and I want to survive. So I want to like hit every mark. You want dead it. by daylight, the dead by daylight three trifecta. You want to, yeah, she wants to, you want to be the killer. You want to be the final girl and you want to be one of the victims. It's all the, the characters. I want to do it all. That's why I love American horror story because like they always reuse their actors too, but they, get to be like all these different people and like that show has so many seasons something that i've struggled with was i've always thought oh if i ever got booked on a tv series how would i feel being the same character for like five plus seasons because (laughs) part of the reason i love acting is being different characters so it would be really hard to commit to one character for like multiple years i want to be a different character every time yeah so uh this is me and me and Kristen, you know, you're familiar with Kristen. We talk, uh, we're kind of like in the same friend circle. Uh, we've been talking about it. This year has been just like a golden year for horror in terms of like all these indie horror films that have come out. And it's like, there's this resurgence. So it's like, and a lot of it has been very smart, you know, horror too. It hasn't been kind of like the schlocky, you know, uh, exploitative horror that the eighties and nineties had It's actually been way more, you know, intelligent, way more, you know, everything has like a meaning it's not just like gratuitous anymore right. it's definitely like horror is definitely being seen now as like a major genre again after like years of just being treated as kind of like a you know specialty genre for people 
especially probably because of American Horror Story and like all these other like anthology things that are coming out relating to it. So one of like the things that I don't like in scary movies are jump scares, not because like, oh, that's scary. I just feel like it's such. It's cheap. Yeah, it's a cheap way of like being scared. I love, you know, Ari Aster. He did Midsummer and Hereditary. I've talked to them about it on podcast. Hereditary still fucks me up. Like that movie is (laughs) that movie has like left a scar in my life. Shout anything, out! Shout out to the podcast last year. Anything A twenty four does like Pearl, Pearl. Me, I can't wait to see. I haven't yeah. seen Pearl, but I've seen X. Yeah, me and Kristen watched X a few weeks ago, and wild movie. I loved it. We sat down and watched a Barbarian a few days ago, and I seen that, that it's a wild one. And I'm like, A twenty four is just knocking it out of the park. So. I want to do one of their films so bad. Yeah, and it's like, and I would love to see that. I would love to see you in like an anthology series where it's like, hey, this episode, it's like, hey, that's my friend. Oh, she's being murdered. And then it's like another episode, another episode or a movie or something. It's like, who's the killer? And it's like, oh, my God, it's my friend. (laughs) Like, like I would love to like have that moment like pop up in life where I can just fully sit there doing the Leonardo, the Caprio meme. (laughs) on that movie poster yeah just to see yeah just like seeing you on a movie poster i would just be like i know them <laughs> like that's that's the will smith yeah, just... i mean i feel like hey that's me like exciting but realistically i would be like trying to hide from the poster probably and be like don't look at it and i mean that's it's the thing where you hide from the poster and the, the poster's like right next to you and it just sees you and them <laughs> i mean that's another thing it's like when you get to that point where it's like your face is on billboards, your face is on movie posters, you're seeing yourself on commercials. Like I can only imagine like the mindset you have to have. It's like, okay, this is my life now, (laughs) you know, like, and the thing is I've talked to uh, Deca about this before. I want to be like, when it comes to the content creation, I do, whether it be the gaming videos or this podcast or something, I want to have viewers, but I don't want to be famous. You know, like I don't want to have my life under that microscope. You know, like yeah. it's just it comes with a lot of responsibility as well. Yeah. And it comes with a thing, it's like a lot of people who have had that responsibility have shown their true colors in a lot of spaces, whether it be, you know, big name actors or directors and producers or people online. It's like, hey, they've had all this following and like all these fans, and it's like, oh behind the scenes they're a very terrible person you know and it's like that's funny. actually working this was the last season of 13 reasons why we had an actor like a new actor who plays like this main character but he started treating like the background actors very poorly and they fired him and we refilmed every single scene he was in hell yeah don't even give them out of there. Don't even give them the time. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and it, that has to be a good Get feeling too, when it's like, hey, these are our, this is the main cast. But it has to also be a good feeling where it's like, they're not getting off scot free when they're assholes. You know, yeah. it's like, you all come in here. We need background characters. We can't have a show about school when there's nobody else in the hallway. Like, we have to have 
extras and stuff like that, but that doesn't give them an excuse to be treated less as a right. member of the cast. Yeah, it just comes down to like being respectful. You always want to be respectful on set. Everyone there, like, I mean, there's also like instances where I have seen, I've never done it just because I don't know, like, this is what I want to do. I know this is my job, but I have seen like extras go up to the main cast and be like, can I have a picture? I'd never recommend doing that. Sometimes like the actors are super nice about it, but it's just kind of like unprofessional. Yeah. I mean, you're all here to do a job and everything. And it's like, you can't be distracting the people who are going to be, you know, on camera with all the focus on them being like, you can't say anything to upset them before a scene. It's like, oh, great. I've thrown off that guy's, you know, mood. And now it's transitioning and he's probably going to talk to somebody about me. You know, it's like every actor's um, process is different. I know there are some who like stay in character 24 seven while on set. I've never done it that way personally but like that's what works for them and they create amazing content because of it so like you never know like what someone's process is and you could be disturbing it i can imagine uh with the fableman because i saw the cast list uh paul dino i'm not sure if you had any personal interaction with him but seeing what he did in the latest batman is he that kind of actor is he like the method actor where he just always seems like he's in his character no i don't think so at least so and he's just in that good of an actor. Like he's just he's just yeah. that good. <laughs> a lot of like, you know, since it's a family dynamic in the Fablemans, we were all like all the stand-ins and actors. Like we go in and out. Like once we leave, the actors come in. So we did do a lot of scenes where we were in the same room at like times, and he was just always super like nice and polite, respectful. He was never. I don't think he was ever like in character the whole time. I mean, maybe he was, I don't know, <laughs> but he, he was just nice. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, a lot of people who are method actors, you know, are the ones that turn out to be like the biggest jerks on set or the people who have like the worst habits towards people. I mean, recently, you know, the uh, Jared Leto stuff coming out where it's like, Hey, I'm going to be the Joker when we're not filming. And it's just like the whole cast is like, I'm getting tired of this man. Like this man has got to go. <laughs> and, uh, Sounds but, but- also at the same time like i get it on one hand but then on the other hand it's like come on but yeah. it, like that's their process at the same time yeah. and everyone everyone is different and it is a lot to take on like a role it's a lot to handle and if that's how someone can get into that role and produce their content like more power to them yeah and i mean that's the thing like it works because if it didn't work they wouldn't keep getting work you know like if it's yeah. like hey the way that I'm doing this where I'm going to be this character 24 seven while we're on set, it wouldn't translate to the film and then it wouldn't carry over, you know, to be like, Hey, he did a good job. We're going to hire him. If it's like, uh, that came out like awful. So we need to figure out like what he's doing to get right. into character. So I'm sure it's hard to like snap in and then snap out because film it's very cut. Okay. Rolling. So like you have to get in and out fairly quickly. So it's probably for that for certain actors easier if they just stay in that mindset because or else they'll be taking hours just to get back in that mindset and you don't have hours on set yeah uh the jim carrey documentary that came out a few years ago a uh, man on the moon it like covered his time as a uh, andy kaufman 
and it was when they were filming he was playing that character and he's he was in character for the whole time and it's like it's going through of how he's like he's forgetting that he's not this character like it actually affected him to like that point where he's just like at the end of the day was like he's still acting like andy kaufman despite like being in his trailer like leaving for the day yeah so you have to probably have that mindset and that mentality to be like all right the job's done back to me we'll Mm -hmm. get back into this but it's like some people it's like they get so into it that you know it starts to affect them and i mean most most tragically you know heath ledger had the same thing where he's like i locked myself in a hotel room i tried to get into this joker mindset and you know it led to you know a tragedy yeah that's so sad but it is a lot it's very mentally exhausting I can imagine doing that for, you know, five months, like you said, with yours, it's like, I can imagine just the mental drain and, you know, you have the days where you're like, all right, I don't want to do this right now, but you know, this is my job. I'm here. I'm hired to do this. And you just have to like, you know, push yourself to get through it, you know, but uh, Deca, do you have anything uh, you would like to continue on Um, with? I think I, I I had something while we were, uh, while you had that thought. And then it went. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, it's been a very, it's been a very interesting like. And I've, I've, I've known in my heart that, like I said, the role playing has like the the Venn diagram with uh, acting because it's yeah. it's effectively acting. Um, but I've never, I've never known just how you know close it is actually. Uh, now that I've seen a actual actress, I, I've I have that perception now, and it's confirmed my suspicions. Yeah, what we do, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons and everything, we do it around a table, or we do it, you know, through a Discord call like we're doing right now. And then, I mean, that's it on like probably a more microcosm uh, scale. But you know, Marissa here goes out like on camera with a crew, you know, it's sets and everything, mm-hmm. and it's like it is just that to a grander scale, except a. Uh, I suppose ours are less consequential than actually making like a Hollywood movie. <laughs> yeah. Extent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I, I, one of the things that I, I, I like to stress is like uh, decompressing with the squad. Um, and uh, like what I'll do with that is I'll take like the, the 30 to 45 minutes after session and be like, Hey, did everyone have fun? We have a good time you know how did this feel how did that feel and mm-hmm. then uh because uh table health is my is my passion uh when it comes to like uh dungeons and dragons or any tabletop game that i play uh especially some of the ones that get into more mature themes i want to make sure that all that everyone's having a good time but everyone's also like being responsible about how they're feeling and if something came up that gave them the ick to let me know so I could be like, all right, we're going to scratch that and uh, make sure we're not pushing anybody's boundaries. Oh, uh, so that that leads into what I was going to say. Uh, is there are there moments in you like, again, you don't have to give specifics, but are, are there moments in like your acting where it's like it's not that you won't do a thing, but it's like, hey, this is giving me the ick here. Yeah. moments like that but for the most part 
because I am part of a union, I do have more, I do have like better protection than non-union. Yes. I've, I've heard horror stories from friends of mine who aren't part of the union. I'm very fortunate that I've never really ran into a situation that's made me terribly uncomfortable, but there have been like times on set where they'll like go up to random people and they'll be like, Hey, are you okay? Like doing partial nudity for a pay bump. And I'm like, no, I have on my profile specifically that I will not do that. Like why ask me that? Like go look at my profile. Yeah. So just, but they don't, they don't mean any harm by it. They're just like on their end, like they have, I'm sure like, um, producers or directors, I don't really know because I've never done the crew work side of it, yeah. but they always have people in their ear, like going back and forth. So they're on like a, okay, I got to find this. I got to do this. Um, who wants to do this type vibe. So yeah. they don't mean harm by it. But at the same time, like on my end, it's like, uh, well, I, you know, I wasn't booked as that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a. I mean, they're producers. They're probably working on multiple movies at one time. So it's like if they come up with somebody, it's like, hey, I got, you know, people here that I can ask around for, you know, our next movie and to put Usually, it in, into like a horror. Yeah. yeah. To put it into like a horror thing. Uh, yeah. Was it like Slumber Party Massacre? That movie infamously starts off with like the girls locker room, like shower scene. And I mean, those girls had to agree to, you know, do that. So it's like they're probably looking for people to be like, who's cool with this, you know? it's probably not for a personal gain it's more for i'm trying to find okay. people to fill a scene so yeah that's exactly what it is it's just like sometimes it's not really like worth that with the pay rate they're offering it's like oh here's a 300 dollar bump to get like nude i'm like no mm, no, no. <laughs> uh so that that there are levels to that right because i'm sure there are you know very shoestring budget you know, films where the director is kind of trying to give. Yeah, kind of there's, def there's definitely like the skeezy like film. And then I'm sure there are. I mean, we've seen mm -hmm. from history that certain directors turned out they did this. They did yeah. that. Like, yep. I've never ran into that personally, but there have been instances that, of course, that's happened on set. Yeah. It's I, I'm glad that you you mentioned the part where you like enforce your boundary of like, no, that I am not going to do this because um, that that is something, again, that I like to I like to put forward of like, I like uh, make sure your boundaries are very enforced. This is just general life advice for those of you uh, who are listening. Yeah. Uh, keep your boundaries enforced. If someone pushes at them, push back. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I, I'm glad you mentioned like unions. Unions are good. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm part of one, or I don't pay my dues, uh, but like I, I have backup at my job. I'm, because... I'm I'm the only one here out of the three of us who isn't part of a union because I live in fucking Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's a right to work state. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So the the you know you have help for when your boundaries are in like starting to get encroached upon. You can be like no. Mm -hmm. Um. And there are uh, there are things in place for you. There are protections in place for you. Um, it's it's something like the session zero with uh, with players and tabletop, where it's like, okay, this is what I'm this is what I'm planning. Is anything in here sound like it's something you do not want to be a part of? Yeah, and we you, can go from there. We can yeah, have that conversation. They, I'm wondering is like is that the same process? Like for putting D and D terms, like session zero, it's like, hey, this campaign is going to have this type of content in it. Does any of this? 
concern anybody. Is there a, something like a screening process for that when you're like getting roles? It's like, hey, we, they want, hey, we got this movie that, you know, we can put you in. Here's what it includes. Does any of this make you uncomfortable for being like a background, you know, character? Um, so it definitely depends. Like you're, you will never blindly go in and not know what the scene is about. Yeah. Um, when you like, um, not audition, but um, submit to a casting call. It will be like, okay, this includes nudity. This is partial nudity. So they just label what it is beforehand, and then you will book. Or like, you won't be involved in the nudity, but there will be like, this scene includes nudity. But yeah. even though if you're not doing it, okay. So it's like, hey, if you don't want to, you know, be around here for the scene, you know, you can leave set or something like that. And then, is it something like that? You can't leave set. Um, you just wouldn't apply for that position but sure. like i worked on a film called incoming it's a new high school type movie i don't know it stars um actually the only person i've heard of on this movie is lauren gray she's like a the, yeah the, the TikTok, she's like a singer yes so yeah. she had this new movie coming out called incoming and i worked on that and we were just like party goers. We were just supposed to be like high school partiers. And they didn't like say, oh, this has nudity. <laughs> we oh. were just booked. <laughs> but like, it wasn't full. Well, actually, no, there were some people. Yeah. But there was, they there was varying layers. <laughs> yeah. so, so what do you do in that situation then where it's like, well, this wasn't mentioned. Now, where do we go from here? Um... If so, sets are really good about if you feel uncomfortable, you can like step out of the scene. Most times, people don't really care if they're not the ones like doing it. But if sure. someone's really uncomfortable, then of course, you can just talk to like a PA or a production assistant. Okay, okay. so there's still like a there is still like a safety uh, mechanism, you know, built into the chain of command there. So, and no one will get upset for you if you feel uncomfortable. They'll be like, oh yeah, you can step out of the scene. I mean, you can't like, leave altogether, but yeah, but you yeah. can like go to like, like a trailer. Yeah. yeah, to holding. So we yeah. have like holdings. You only get a trailer if you're like a big sure, part. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, so it, it that parallels with uh, a safety tool in place uh, for tabletop, where it's called uh, it's just the get up, uh, where if there's a scene that's making you uncomfortable. Uh, if you're not a part of it and, you know, everyone else is fine, but you, you know, you're getting the ick or whatever, you can, like, in my tables, especially since we're online, like, yeah, get up, go use the restroom, do what you gotta do. Um, go so you're just... sort of like a director. And that's... Uh, Dungeon Mastering is very much directing. There's this weird, again, there's this weird Venn diagram of yeah. mine, mine and Jeremy's, like, D&D &D stuff. It's slowly and becoming acting. a circle at this point. <laughs> it is slowly becoming a circle, but it's like, it is acting, it's just on a smaller scale, and but a lot of the same you know, safety mechanisms are there where it's like, hey, you're uncomfortable. You know, we can mm -hmm. get you out of here for a few minutes or, you know, I can just like fade to black with this situation and we can just move yes. on from it. I mean, you can't really do that in a movie, but at least you have someone go to. It's like, hey, I, you know, I'm not comfortable here. Can I, you know, step away uh, while this is going on and then, you know, come back when it's time to move on from the scene? Yeah. So at least it's a... Uh, because I think most people hear horror stories of like acting in Hollywood where it's like, you know, this has happened, especially back in the day, you know, 60s, 70s. It's like you didn't have all these kind of 
you know, protections in place. And that's why we got, you know, these shitty directors like Polanski and all this other stuff. And it's like all these actresses, you know, the biggest one being like Stanley, Stanley Kubrick and, uh, God, I forget her name, but during the shining where it was like abusive towards her. And it's just like, they didn't have all that, you know, support in place. So I'm glad that we're actually seeing, you know, it is a lot better. It's it's, like nothing doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're, you're still going to get assholes. Like that's the thing. Like no matter what you do, there's always going to be the person who's like, man, screw the rules. I'm the one in charge here. So it's, it's much, it's much harder to, so you're always going to hear about the horror stories, no matter what, because they're the ones that get the most traction when they're, you know, producing a story for something. It's much harder. Like you were mentioning Steven Spielberg being like a total sweetheart. Yeah, that's the good story. I didn't know that. I want to hear more. I want to hear more of those stories from Seth. Like you hear everything about like Keanu, where it's like he doesn't take his full salary. He gave it to like the Matrix, like stunt crew and costume thing and like he gives people him and the rock they like give people like cars and for people who need help and everything so it's like you we do need more of like when you start hearing these good stories and it's like you understand like people can be you know good it's just you have to hear more about it most of the time it's like oh the alex baldwin thing you know he accidentally killed somebody because the you know prop gun wasn't loaded uh correctly and it's like that's the story that like held on for weeks and everything so it's just it's bad bad at times also like a big part of media too and media sort of managing what they want us to see in here yeah it's a lot of a this is going to catch attention so we'll cover this more than steven spielberg made his crew feel like a family like which is the better story you know yeah and uh it's disappointing but you know that's kind of the reality that that's showbiz baby that's showbiz Right? They're um, their own source of entertainment in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. News people too, like people on the news or like sportscasters, they're actually all part of SAG AFTRA. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. The day I learned, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they're on TV. Anyone on TV is part of SAG AFTRA, usually. Nice. That's, gotcha. Oh, that's, well, that's interesting. It. I that's didn't know that. Me. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. And that's a cool little tidbit to learn. That's a cool little tidbit to end the show with. Yeah, I mean, we've. Taking up about an hour of your time now. Uh, yeah. This is what we said we would probably do. Uh, I know, like I said, you just kind of finished filming, so we'll let you get back to decompressing and enjoying uh, your time. But uh, Marissa, I wanted to thank you for coming on to the show today. Yeah. Uh, this is very guys. interesting. I like getting people from different like walks of life and everything. Like I said, we had somebody who did game development. Now we have an actress. We had, you know, all these other. We've had VTubers, a VTuber who was a freaking teacher. Yeah, we had somebody who was a teacher. It's like we love getting people from different walks of life. So I knew instantly. Girl, I think she did gaming. The last girl you just had on. The last girl. We had Tasha on. uh, Well, Tasha is in my D&D game. Okay. I watched I watched hers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we she, like interviewed for like 40 minutes. Yeah. She's a, it was her first time playing D and D. So we wanted to do an episode of like what she thought about it and what it's like having, you know, somebody baby's like Jeremy first D&D game. Yeah. Baby's first D and D. So like, we like getting different people onto stuff and like talking about different things. But I, I, I love hearing different points of view. Uh, it, um, I don't think I have a confirmation bias in the slightest. But I, I do love to, like, challenge the one the things I might have 
uh like i said i would have i would have thought steven spielberg's like a piece of shit just because you know the the richer people in in my mind are usually the kinds that are like you know not great um but you've kind of turned that a little bit so good job he doesn't even like you would not think this man probably is like super rich and famous because he mm. he dressed he just he dresses so normal shows too. up in jeans and a shows up in jeans and a shirt yes i had no idea it was him I, like which is kind of embarrassing because i remember talking to someone they're like yeah that's steven spielberg i was like what you're like what <laughs> i yeah i would imagine i'd expect somebody with like you know a suit or somebody who like there's like when I say look of a director, like there's an image that everybody conjures a, up in their there's mind. There's a cap, there's a bomber jacket, yeah, there's, a, it's there's like, like a megaphone. That's kind of like the image that people conjure into their mind, but it's like he, with Steven Spielberg, you're like, hey, look, he's just a normal guy. guy. He's like, I'm, hey, I'm here to do my job. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. But um, yeah, so thank you for coming on today. It has been a blast. Uh, Very enlightening. I hope whoever watches this uh, isn't intimidated by the concept of acting like i said it it's such something you have to pretty much put your mind to you know have no different things singing dancing you know have something that can help you stand out from probably the thousands and thousands of other people trying to get the role that you're going for as well and yeah. just you know understand you know it's a slow process you know like like i said you want it to be in a horror movie but it's like the realistic thing is like you're a lot of people are going to start as extras and then it's going to take, you know, that one moment, maybe talking to the right person to be like, Hey, give me a chance as a thing. And for some yep. people that moment might never come. So like people yeah. always yeah, network, be networking. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just uh, good advice. I think it's just the thing is like, you can't, you can't rush it. You know, this is not something you're going to do one role for and then instantly try to, you know, be the star of the next thing. No instant fame in my experience and everyone i've met and usually instant fame never works out good for anybody either it's way too much like too quick too much at once yeah but yeah so for the third time (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you uh don't feel bad we do this all the time we do this all the time we have never successfully ended a show correctly it's the mexican it's the mexican goodbye in me so you're welcome uh but yeah thank you for being here uh taking time out of your schedule to join us it has been a blast talking to you and i'll personally talk to you at some point again uh whenever you have some free time um but i hope that into the rolodex of guests yeah you're also entered into the rolodex so we may reach out in the future too especially after another project of yours or something to talk to you again see how things are going you know a year down the line or so but i appreciate you guys having me yeah, yeah did you have fun Yes, I loved it. Awesome. This yeah. is some a lot of uh, people we get on, they have never done like a podcast like the or a podcast or anything. So it's like Jeff was like, Yeah, that was pretty fun. It's like it's just a conversation for like an hour. So talking. It's like a late night Denny's just talking over breakfast. Yeah. But we're gonna let you go now. So right. uh some housekeeping stuff. Uh Decca, do you have anything that you wanna say before we go? Um we were originally going to have Call uh, of the Deep episode 13 dropped uh, on Monday. So tune into that. Uh, you can watch the finale of the Grand Tournament between Arte the Centaur and whoever she ends up fighting in the finals. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, we were going to record on Saturday, but we couldn't because, you know, scheduling conflicts, the true big bad of Gindy. 
Um, but we are looking to go be on the 12th, which means uh, towards Thanksgiving, we will have we can have an episode out. Uh, a session 14 can be out. Uh, so, so missing, missing a week that so missing oh, yeah. uh, missing a week yeah. just from the episodes uh, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh that's just gonna that's just the nature of the beast for the holidays for all of us here yeah holiday season as scheduling starts to get really wonky so yeah um as for other stuff uh the dummies and d20s channel that's still on kind of hiatus for another few weeks until we can get everybody together again we have like two different D&D shows going on and it's the same issue between both of them because it's the same group of people <laughs> between both of them. So I uh, can't really do much there, but um, yeah. And also uh, YouTube has now added handle. YouTube has added handles now. So you can find yes. us at, at WC network rather than trying to type in that long uh, URL because it hasn't let me make a custom one yet. To be fair, you are here right now, so you you're know, here right now. So subscribe. You, you got you there. You should have been subscribed. It's the same thing I say. Why are you watching our videos and you're not subscribed <laughs> to us? That's weird. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, and it's again, if there's anything that you want to plug, Marisha, we'll end the show uh, with you. Um, no, I think I just had like early on my little plug, so I'm good. <laughs> All right, yeah. we'll uh put a link to that Instagram for the restaurant. I'll get that uh, from you in our chat just so I know the correct address. Okay. But thank you, everybody, for watching this week. We'll see you next week when we figure out what guests to bring on to the show. We need to start asking around. We've run out of the list again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we'll see you all next week. And take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.